0: This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the Clay Young Show. Happy spring, folks. (laughs) In some parts of the country, I don't think they believe that's what they're having, spring. But here in Louisiana, the weather is pretty marvelous. We're getting that Los Angeles-style weather that we get for about 30 days a year, broken up over a few months You're listening to The Clay Young Show here on Podcast 225.com, iTunes, and the Talk 107.3 mobile app, and we are glad to have you here with us. Our guest on this edition of the show is Gordy Rush, former football player at LSU and the current general manager of the cluster of stations owned by Guarantee Media here in Baton Rouge. Gordy is also a very invested member of the Baton Rouge community from New Orleans and is going to be talking not just about sports. He was a guest on the show a couple of years ago. He's been on a couple of times, but on that first show we talked a little bit about his thoughts and people who know him know this is that sports is not as big of a part of his life as I think people would assume that it is. It's like he doesn't just sit around and only think about sports or is only consumed with sports and because He's in business and he's running that cluster. He's got a whole lot of other things going on. It's kind of like me with politics. I think people assume that all I do is eat, sleep, breathe politics, and that really isn't the case. In fact, in my company's catalog of clientele, that only makes up, that makes up a, a small part of the businesses we serve. Now I do it and there are people who come for me to help with strategy and I've helped with some campaigns But it isn't the biggest thing. It's because, in my opinion, politics by its very nature is the art of doing nothing while looking busy. Just gave you a few seconds to let that settle in, you know. And so Gordy is going to talk with us about Baton Rouge, the politics, some of the racial realities that exist. We're going to talk about the city of St. George and the specter of that. We'll talk about business going forward and what does he expect for the Baton Rouge region in terms of business growth and development. We will talk about leadership, of course, because that's one of his big things, talking about leadership. And then, of course, we will talk sports. We'll talk about the NFL draft. We'll talk about what's upcoming at Southern and LSU. Talk about the two men who run those football programs there and what we can expect. Obviously, Gordy being a huge Saints fan uh, we will talk about Tom Benson's passing and the, what the Saints have been doing with you know, the, with their with their players and the organization the last couple of years and you know where everything goes from there. So that's the conversation with Gordy Rush that we'll we will have in just a moment. I want to remind you again about our May 20th fundraiser, the fifth year for Smoke 'em if you got 'em. As many of you know. Guarantee Media has partnered with me in promoting this for the last five years and they're going to be our partner. Actually, the last four years and the or let me the last three years and this will be the fourth uh, that they've been a part of that and we look forward to it. Gordy's going to be there, of course, and uh, Taya Kyle is coming back. If you didn't listen to last week's podcast, our title sponsor this year is Mockler Beverage. We will have... The Mockler's there at the event. Taya Kyle, as I said, is going to be there. And if you're not familiar with it or are here on podcast225.com and and The Clay Young Show for the first time, I guess the first question would be, why? Where have you been? Uh, But if that's the case, Smoke Em If You Got them is a fundraiser that we put on every year to benefit an organization that helps military veterans and first responders. It takes place... In May at Ben 77 Bistro, where it's been the last four years and the fifth year upcoming. Uh, The date this year is Sunday, May 20th. It is at 5 o'clock. It will feature live music, a grill station, a dessert station, gosh, a cigar station, as well as tastings there. This year, we've got something even more special, another station that I'm going to hold off on and I'll wait closer to, there, closer to the event to tell you about. The tickets are $100, and we give away 100% of the proceeds. That's right. Not a portion. All of it. And we appreciate you attending, for those of you who have. And if you've never been there, you need to mark this date down and look it up. We will have information about where you can find out more about it. Because they're going to be putting up the, the purchase page at the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation's website In the coming weeks, got to get past Easter and not step on that and then get right into what I call smoke season. And that's coming up. All right. Let's take a quick break and then bring Gordy Rush into the studio and sit with him and talk uh, just about a number of subjects. It's like sitting on the front porch, having a nice conversation over a couple of glasses of lemonade, or at least in our cases, something possibly more adult. So, all right, there you go. Quick break. Back with Gordy Rush in just a sec.
1: This is Dr. Mary Catherine Rodrigue. And I'm Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of The Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington. We are also your hosts for the Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com. Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're also going to shed light on the various ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get the Waiting Room
0: Podcast here on podcast225.com, iTunes, and the Talk 107 mobile and now today's manners minute. I hope you're looking for a nonprofit this week who can utilize your talents in helping those who need help. Here's a few in 45 seconds or less. CASA, The Life of a Single Mom, Big Buddy, I Care, Kids Orchestra, Rocket Kids Foundation, Women's Council of Baton Rouge, Volunteers in Public Schools, The Arc of Baton Rouge, Hospice, Alzheimer's Services, Volunteers of America, Baton Rouge Youth Coalition, Cerebral Palsy Association, Louisiana Association for the Deaf, St. Lillian Academy, McMaine Center, Gateway Therapeutic Horsemanship, Uplift, Miracle League, Mental Health Association of Greater Baton Rouge, Front Yard Bikes, Hope Ministries. There's no excuse for saying there's nothing I can do to help. Many in our community need you. Won't you get involved today? Visit hashtag BRRespect at MannersOfTheHeart.org to join the movement and sign the pledge. With respect, Baton Rouge thrives. Welcome back to the Clay Young Show. Back with Gordy Rush, man, who's the general manager at Guarantee Media here in town, who is also really the voice of the sideline for LSU football. And he is practicing something that... I learned a long time ago and it goes like this and every leader in a business or business owner will understand this because you either thought it or said it that it's just as easy to be sick at work as it is to be sick at home and, that's right and Gordy's working right is that is that a thing right
1: you know it, it's <laughs> exactly right I just worked through it I, I don't I don't have time to, to get right. sick right you and I both yep are blessed to uh, work with uh, dr. Curtis chestnut that's right what I love about it I, I felt it coming on last night mm-hmm. I emailed him mm-hmm. 715. I've got a I've got a steroid shot. Right. I've got Z-Pak in my hand. I'm right. out the building at eight right.
0: and getting to work. Right. So like we'll, s- we'll work through this. And we'll it's play more hurt. miserable to be sick at home than it is oh, at no, work no, as I, well.
1: There's not, I can't I can't tell you the last day I was sick was sick at home. I
0: just I'm I'm me either. It's right. like I I won't do it. I I remember last year I ran a loop where uh, I was in Shreveport and then I. Uh, No, I was in Dallas, flew to Dallas, then ended up in Shreveport, and then in D.C., all in like a five-day period, sick as a dog, because I I got it in Dallas. And I was like, I got to go. I was like, my only thing was to not be that guy on a plane that's coughing all over everybody. Right. I was worried about that. It's like I wanted to get stuff to, I don't want to do that to people.
1: Well, And you know, that's that's where you get sick more times than not, on right. airplanes and all right. the travel. Yeah.
0: And so you keep going. But anyway, man, how's life?
1: Life's been great. It's been fantastic. Uh, just fulfilled in what I'm doing. Um, enjoying my kids at a great age, 10, 7, and 5. <laughs> and uh, enjoy this time of the year in Baton Rouge because yeah. there's so many great things happening.
0: Such a great chance to give back. Yeah. You know, I tell people the first interview we did on the podcast a couple years ago now, one of the things that I talked with about you was that you are more than just sports. Because, I mean, and I know that when you go places, you like to talk with people about leadership and business and all of these things, not just sports. Very much so. And you make an interesting point about the time we are in in Baton Rouge. It, there are some interesting and good things happening and also some very scary things happening that could impact what we look like. Everything from St. George to crime to this fight over what's going to happen with the school system. Dude, what's your What's your take on where Baton Rouge sits right now? Baton Rouge desperately needs a great leader.
1: Okay. To, that's going to bring this community together.
0: Yeah. And you
1: know, I mean, we could say the same thing about Washington. We could say the same thing about <laughs> well, the state, but right. but let's we're, as we're talking about Baton Rouge right now. Um, and, and so when when I, I look out there, and, and you know me well mm-hmm. enough, I try to stay apolitical and out of the sure, politics, sure, sure, for a lot of reasons.
0: Well, yeah, it's it's good for business.
1: Sure, it's good for business. Yeah. Everybody loves a sports guy. That's right. Even though I'm much more than sports, and right. I'm kind of like a closet sports guy actually. But isn't but, that interesting? We'll it,
0: come back to that.
1: Um, you know, Clay. It's just at some point, and I've, I've, I've uh, you know, I've listened to a, a lot of people out there, both sides. At what point is somebody just going to say, "Hey, if we're going to make this thing happen, mm-hmm. you're going to have to give, you're going to have to give on the left, you're going to have to give on the right. We're going to have to fix this thing." Right. And I've always started. I read an article which I, I thought was just was money. And that it starts with the education system mm-hmm. and it's just a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. And, and OK, when are we going to really get in there and drill down and commit to, to fixing the education? Mm-hmm. And um, that's my, my thought on it. You know, I I go and I hear some some leaders out there and I'm not putting them all out there, but you know, they don't move when they don't move the needle. They don't inspire. Right. And, you know, let me let me translate it to media. My ESPN station outperforms our our talk station, as you know, Mm -hmm. and talks a a night niche play. And I think the biggest hurdle that talk has versus ESPN Mm -hmm. is there's no apathy for LSU sports. There's apathy, unfortunately, for our community, which is so much more important than LSU's recruiting. Right. Right, but when you get people paying money, and I've got grown men texting wanting to know where a seventeen-year-old high school senior wants to go play football right. when he doesn't know. Right, right, right. He doesn't know. I did. I scratched Stanford off my list at seventeen years old as a senior Jesuit high school because I looked at Palo Alto on a map and didn't realize it was in San Francisco.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: Only to visit there eight years later and be like, "What?
0: Right? What did I do? Hell,
1: what were you thinking?" And. And yet, I mean, we've got serious problems yeah. in our community, yeah. and there's just apathy. And all you have to look is, what was the voting percentage in the last mayor's race? 28%? Right,
0: right. That tells you all you need to know. It's so funny. And we, Tom Shedler, who's having his own issues right now, said to me on the show, I think last year, that Louisiana is one of the highest percentage states for registered voters, but always near the bottom. And turnout. Right. And a- and it's unbelievable. I mean, we if we have fifty percent turnout in anything which is rare, we celebrate, that's still pretty pathetic. I, it
1: you know, I, I agree with you. And it's awful. And, and and it's so much more important than everything else. Right. And and so what is it gonna take for somebody that that has that leadership skills to step in and want to be a part of that?
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't know, It's and you make a point. When, when you talk about business here, and I said this to someone earlier this year, I'd love your thoughts on it. I talked about the consumer confidence in Baton Rouge and how in our industry, in advertising and marketing and media, when people aren't confident about being outdoors... That means that they're not spending money, which means businesses suffer. Sure. And then there's a, a mental malaise that falls over an area, and you see it on the bottom line. And I I hear from businesses across the board who said last year was a tough, tough year. Yes. Well, weather-wise, we didn't have another flood. We really didn't have much of a hurricane. You know, thank God we didn't have a summer like 2016. Things would have been up. But that mentally, people were just down on the city. What's your thought about that reality, and do you see it changing or moving forward as being about the same?
1: You know, I, I think that social media, unfortunately, overplays. You know what Facebook initially started to be mm-hmm. was to share pictures of your family, right? And now it's become a lot of false narratives out yep. there. I mean, yep. we read about that all the time, and unfortunately. Uh, the things that are out there mm-hmm. make you not want to go do anything, and I've right. got three small kids, and it makes you want to want to stay mm-hmm. a- at home, right? And you know, we in Central, so I, my wife's from Central. They have a Central City Rants and Raves, mm-hmm. and oh my God bless, they get after each other <laughs> right. for a small town. I'm also ready to give this to Richard Condon in the morning <laughs> on Eagle ninety eight point one because it's such good theater that it would make for great radio. And, and and how about something talking positive? Now, you know, the Ben zoo thing, obviously a big vote yeah. coming up this week. Yeah. Okay, and so, and, and I don't know all the facts. Mm-hmm. I know enough to be dangerous. And, mm-hmm. and I always say, I know enough to be a caller on an LSU postgame show, which is just a little
0: bit. Oh, man. Right? That but, makes
1: you dangerous. Right, and I don't have liquid courage in me, and those people That's usually right. have liquid courage to call that. First time, long but, time. But, you know, something came up, and um, – Something came up, Clay, in and, and, and the conversation, and, and somebody said, I bring my kids to the zoo all the time. I'm also on the board for the first tee, mm-hmm. and their home is on Clark Park, which is right down on the corner right there, uh, a little bit further down. Mm-hmm. And I bring, brought my kids to Greenwell Park all the time. Which I think is a fantastic facility yeah. right now. Yeah. And and um, somebody said, Well, I don't feel comfortable driving. What is that on Thomas or whatever that Road, street is?
0: Yeah. And I'm like, That's ridiculous. There's nothing on Thomas Road. There's
1: there's nothing there's no. that's ridiculous. Yeah. And and just that and, and and it's just all the hype and, and just so many things that I, I play in that my kids play soccer while I play that nine hole golf tournament and it the turn holds like four, five, and six right there. Mm-hmm. There's a fence on Thomas and there's, I mean, it's just to, that's the type of thing, and it's an example of how this thing's just been blown yeah. so out of loop. Now I get that where it is in Baker, is tougher to get to, and uh, and all that stuff. But don't 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 give me that narrative.
0: Well, you know, it's funny as we sit and record this. I had a group that I put together. We've this is the fifth time that we've done it. Me and the DA's office where we go into the inner city. We take business leaders, law enforcement people, black, white, male, female, and we walk in an in inner city area. And we go meet people, and you know we take some food and hand out food and water to people. But we say hello and just love on them. And so the fourth one actually was this past week in Brookstown again. And I spoke to people who were who were there for the first time. Like uh, I don't know if you know Kevin Burke, who works uh, L- at LSU yes. in the sports properties Property, right. uh, department. He and Kevin Wagner were out there. Uh, you know, a couple of a friend of mine who's a jeweler was out there, and they all say Scott Overby at Doze, you know Scott. Yes. They all talk about like wow. These are good people, and they're in a tough situation. And sure, the the negative criminal element there is really bad, but most of those folks are just caught in a tough situation. And I said, if people had that perspective, because I've had people ask me, well, "What's the goal? What are y'all trying to accomplish?" I said, "It's simple perspective, because that's right. Once you go and see that reality, it changes you." You know, one of the things that that you're exposed to with being in sports and having played at LSU is you work and have moved around all kinds of people from all different places, and you realize that people are just people.
1: It's exactly right. And, and it, again, I, I think that social media has led to this hype and the false narratives. Yeah. And, you know, I'll ask why, why wasn't there a whole lot of play about what, what you guys did mm-hmm. over in Down? Why was that not out there? Why didn't we hear and learn more about that? It didn't get clicks. It didn't sell. So it didn't get enough sales. Mm-hmm. Another great event, I was involved with SportsBR did a developmental track meet, mm-hmm. right? And they did it at Estruma High School. Now, if yeah. you put out to the general public, Struma High School, and a lot of people would—is it open? Is right. it fun, right? And they did a wonderful job with the track. But when I went out there and I brought my kids, they had never mm-hmm. run in a meet before to go race out there. And the clubs that are established—it blew me away <laughs> how right. many people ran for South Batteries Jaguars. U.S. Express is done by Byron Turner, who does a fantastic job with you. He, he practices out abroad more, and to see that many kids in track and field. Let's let's face it in the United States it's not no. a huge deal. Not no. what it is in no. Europe. Right. But when you have hundred, they had a hundred kids. Right. And I, I think about what's so you know, I grew up running track. Yeah. You don't see track and field. Uh, you know, all this pay for baseball and everything yeah. that's driven and it was a wonderful event. Right. Right. And and, and a four hour event over at a stream of High School. And no press. Nobody's telling that story. Right, we have to do a better so. job of that. Yeah, absolutely. There's and no here's the thing. It
0: doesn't cost you anything to tell that story. And when people see that, because that's the thing we like you said, leadership, those of us who've been around and Baton Rouge has blessed us with an opportunity to earn a living and take care of our families and provide for our communities. We have to be the ones to grab the reins of this horse that's, you know, barreling towards the edge and say, wait a minute, let's do it differently. We can't wait on the politicians. No, no. Because it, it, it just we just can't do it. And we do have to tell that story a little better. And again, I'm not a Pollyanna. There are some bad people in some of these areas who are stone cold killers who belong in jails. Correct. Just the way it goes, man. I understand. But I do think that there are good people. Quick, quick story. I've told this story on the podcast before. Before we did the first canvas, me and an investigator with the DA's office and one of the assistant district attorneys, uh, we drove the area. And as we're driving, I see a young lady approaching, and she's wearing what appeared to be an Air Force ROTC uniform, mm-hmm. like where she was. And I said, it called her over, and, you know, I'm in one of their unmarked cars. They knew it was a cop car, so not some creepy guy trying to call this, you know, 15, 16-year-old girl of the car. And I said, Are you, this, that's an Air Force uniform, right? She said, yes, sir. That's the first sure. sign. And I said, wow, uh, what school do you go to? She told me, she said, um, and I said, do you want to be in the Air Force? She said, yes, sir. And I said, why? She said, I just, I just do. I want to be in the Air Force. And so we chatted a little bit longer than she went on, and I, and I turned to the person driving, and I said, hmm, how many people think that she could come out of here, but she's not the only one like her in oh, there? Oh, no. If we don't go stories, in and right. get them and do something about it, then what do you have? How You tell the stories,
1: you know, and, and you know what's enlightening to me, is spending, being up in Central and, and seeing so much of North Baton Rouge. Uh, I'm a believer in, yeah. in that you, you know, you can, there's a tremendous opportunity in North Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. Okay, how do we work together right. to develop
0: that? Right. I think there's upside. I think that there has to be some realism about what can happen there in the immediate future. Uh, talking about people talk about the mall and all these things, and they've got this over here. where that's not going to go to the Scotlandville area now right right but you can create something that doesn't look like a food desert which does exist there and but it's got to be a collaboration in my opinion of law enforcement school officials and the business community you've got to be able to deal with the crime educate the kids and then be able to incentivize investment in the area so everybody wins their jobs because people move their businesses there their options for people to spend their money there and business owners make profit but the leaders have got to do it and not say, let's just make it about race, because people recoil that's right. in this society when anything looks like it's going to be just racial.
1: Yeah, and, and both both ways. And, yeah. you know, And at that point, I think when it crosses the line on both sides of it. Oh, sure. Both sides of it. Yeah. I, I, it it's, I check, you know, I check out. I've been asked to serve on a, a board that's appointed by city council. I, I won't say what, which one it is, but I, I you know well enough yeah. that I could do a lot of positive things right. from a marketing, right. from a sales. and. and my my biggest reason for pausing is that okay, my name's got to go in front of the city council. I really know a lot of people, yeah, and no. I got to get involved in that yeah. firestorm. Yeah, how about no? No, no, I'll find another way to give back.
0: Yeah, you know it's so funny. Jared's going to hate the Jared Smith who used to work with the chamber is going to admit this. I had some napkins around here, so I'm good. Go ahead. Yeah, those things could start a brush fire though. So I don't know if you want to wipe your nose. No, I'm with those. Good, bud. Um, Talked about serving on the airport commission. And I, I, flirted with it a couple times, and this last time I, I was really, really close. And just I, I, watched a council meeting, and I said, "Ah, eh, nah, I think I'll pass." You know, and I would love to be a part of helping the Baton Rouge well, Metropolitan. You and Airport. I both fly a lot, <laughs> a lot,
1: a lot. I mean, I, you know, I, you know, I've got a lot of different ideas right. out there. We fly enough, uh, you know. The people that go to New Orleans, right. I'll give you one word why they go to New Orleans: Southwest. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay, that's all right. Exactly so how, how do we? <laughs> okay, so I, how do you how do you how do you fix that? How and and so who does Southwest want to deal with? They want to deal with business people, right? Or they they yeah. want to deal with politicians? Yes, yeah.
0: I mean you know you, we're only we're only going into, and I know we're going around the loo here, and I'll come back that's to fine. where we were, but we're what? It's Atlanta, it's Dallas, it's Charlotte, Charlotte, Houston. Houston, and I think that's it.
1: For the most part, were, That's there used 90% to be, of it. Maybe a shot though here, here yeah. and there, or something. But I mean, right.
0: to be able to use it, because you could get right in and out of it, but you go there most days and there's not a whole lot of people. I remember going into Dallas. On a flight last year, and went around to get my luggage, and I was the only one with luggage on the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, really. Right? <laughs> I, I mean Somebody could have just said, "Hey, give me this," you know, <laughs> instead of making me wait over there for one bag.
1: I look. I've been <laughs> through it, and you and I. And look, I'm going to fly to Ban Rouge as much as I possibly can. Uh, I me want too. The dollars to stay in absolutely.
0: Baton Rouge. I get. I get all that. I hate connectors
1: though. Okay, so yeah, and so my the biggest thing that I look at um, is not cost.
0: Right. It's time spent That's- traveling. Period. Bottom line. In fact, you'll spend you'll spend more if it saves you time.
1: No, there's no question. And you know, they're like I'll fly, I'll fly red eye to, right. to get back. From, oh yeah. to, in the Baton Rouge. Oh and yeah, there's some, you know, American. I flew a red eye back from Seattle. Believe it or not, uh, overnight wants to, to to get back. And so it's there's so many people that could do so many good things that are probably right. like me and you that stop and say, okay, if I got to get into this political crossfire where I think people are putting their own political aspirations, their mm-hmm. parties' aspirations in front of what's best for the community. Yeah. Because the only way you, it's, it's the only way we're going to get something done is compromise.
0: The the St. George, the specter of St. George, this go-around, um, it, I'm going to have Broderick Baggert with Together Baton Rouge on in a couple of weeks. We're going to do it this week, and I had a death in the family, and it kind of threw off the schedule. Mm-hmm. And so – and he's going to come on, and he's not coming on to do the kind of pro-wrestling villain versus hero type thing, because I told him I'm not really interested in that. I want to talk about everybody's perspective in this, and I had Drew Morrell on with him a couple of weeks ago. And so I think people feel the inevitability of it this time. And I don't know that it is inevitable, but for a lot of people, they're looking at it as a foregone conclusion. I won't ask the ob- obvious question of why do you think people believe that? But I will ask you, in your opinion, what does that mean for East Baton Rouge Parish as we know it, if this happens?
1: Well, I, I think what scares me is is that I think it divides East Baton Rouge Parish even more. Yeah, uh, I understand St. George and, and they wanting to get the best education. Sure. You know, I, I just said that education is the most important thing. I live in Central. Mm-hmm. I live in Central because I married somebody from Central. I, right. I, I You know, it's three miles away from um my mother-in-law. So I was mm-hmm. able to, to move out there. So I understand the quality education that that community is able to provide. And and look, I, I went through parochial schools and mm-hmm. my kids are out in the central school system. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I've been fortunate with that. It's a tough topic. I, if it happens, I, I, I you know I know that it's going to make Baton Rouge more divisive. Mm-hmm. And, and it comes back to What's the number one need in this community is to fix East Baton Rouge Parish schools, right. period. Yeah, And so, you know, show me where that, that, that the St. George fixes that. So it's, you know, I know, look, I got split feelings on, on it both ways. And again, I try to stay out of those things. Yeah. I don't know all the facts, sure. but that's what concerns me about that.
0: You know, it's, I, I just wished, I wish early on when this came up that, emotions would have been kept a little bit more nah. in check. Right. When this started, it was sincerely about, hey, we want more schools out here. We want an independent school district. We want we want to be able to have a school district that serves an area that only has, what, three schools? And it was, well, and, and it's the truth. The legislature did say, if you want to follow this path, you need to be incorporate. And then it just blew up and it became race and class and all of these things. And the train was moving too fast for any reason to catch it.
1: I mean, tents on every corner, so in that area, people looking for signatures, right? And of course, the people with the protesting and in the separate groups. And yeah, you know, Clay. Again, at some point, when does a leader step up and right. say, "Hey, okay, let's let's sit down and talk about right. this, and how can we come up with a solution that's best for all?"
0: But that so rarely even happens no, it now. Doesn't, it doesn't. You and know, it, you know if we have we have social media, if I may use that as a sure. verb, our self-induced, to where if you caught having a conversation with someone from the other side of the aisle, oh. like if, if you get a couple yeah. of members of, of the legislature or even in the council out someplace having a beer or having lunch, people are like, what are they doing with them? Right. It's like, that doesn't help us when that's the attitude we can't be seen talking. Be grown, you know what, men, and be able to sit down and say, hey, how can we work this out?
1: I'm with you hundred percent at what point does that happen and you know that it, and what happens when when it gets so divisive I'm to the point I don't watch the TV when yeah, I get man. home anymore yeah uh, I, I you know both sides of it and yep. I probably my politics lead a little right of center. Yeah, uh, uh, and I'm not overly passionate per se about it but it's to the point I'm tired of, I'm tired of local Right. I'm tired of listening right. to it because it's the same narrative. And it's we're getting frustrating. nowhere. It's a vicious panel. And and what you know, and I'll, I'll tell this. I've never told anybody this. So I'll tell you. So I voted for Donald Trump. Do you know why I voted for Donald Trump? Because I spent about 25 minutes with Donald Trump when the the first year he brought the um he brought the the, the Miss Universe. Yeah. He, they had me MC yeah, 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 like during the commercials. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't gonna do it. And they called, hey, we need you to MC. We said you'd be really good. It was a Hollywood producer. I said, ah i'm busy he said look we'll pay you 1500 dollars for one night i said i'm your guy i'll be there i'm your man brother i'm all about that so i did the makeup and i sat and visited with 20 25 minutes with donald trump so this is my donald trump story and, and trust me i don't i don't you know some of the crap that he does and and you know he's a hot mess right but i thought he was real mm. and i sat down and he came up and said hey you, he introduced me. He remembered my name, came back and said, Hey, Gordy, appreciate what you're doing coming out here on a Sunday. I heard you, you got a small you got a family, appreciate you come out here and giving back. And, and for this, and it helps us having somebody locally. And the funny story is that Ruffin Rodrigue wanted to come meet him. <laughs> ruffin illegally broke in his security, like stopped Ruffin. He's like, is he a friend of yours? Like, yeah, he is. All right. I'll oh, take you a- admitted it to it? Yeah, I have oh, to. God, and man. he goes, all right, I'll take a picture with him. <laughs> And I said, great. So he took a picture and said, I know you. And this is what he said to me. He said, I know you and your type well enough. You're not going to ask me to take a picture, but I'll take one with you too. And, you know, I just thought the guy was real. And I, again... For, forget about the issues. I agree sure, with Hillary sure. with some and, and yeah. all that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for the person. The
0: real person. Yeah. And
1: that's what it was. Now, you know, have I been happy with it? There have been some good, some bad, but you can say that had I voted about for Hillary. About anything, right, man. Right, right.
0: right. Uh, and it doesn't surprise me that Ruffin tried to get in. He's just... He, oh, right,
1: The best thing, he's got that picture at the front door at Ruffino's, <laughs> yeah. and it's all about him and Donald. There's no mention of Gordy Rush that made that together, or he embarrassed hey. me, or he got grabbed by the security <laughs> that's, guard. That's
0: right. I was with uh, Tim Mockler last week, and we were laughing about Ruffin. It's like if you know him, man, and he's and man, and he's he's flying straight and level now. So. He's, he's been great. <laughs> he's we, been, we, look, we all went through some rough patches, man. And you know, and I, I, I got to get over to his place in Lafayette. I just hear the the Ruffinos and River Ranches. River Ranch is, is, River Ranch is special, yeah. great area. I've eaten it in there in the area. Like they've got an outside area like Perkins Row, but I've never been over to the Ruffinos there. You know, the, the we talked about business here. And for people listening who are in business who want your take on where you think 2018 is going to go, what do you think?
1: Well, you know, I think that 2018 locally, and I think the big category automotive, as we both Mm -hmm. know, uh, was a little soft. Has you just been soft. Missed John Fabry. Oh, by did way? I? Yeah. I, well, I I'm, not, I'm actually playing golf with him Friday, Saturday. I he told you he's right? playing golf. Yeah, that's right. So I'll get plenty of John that's Fabry. That's right. Obviously, you know, coming off some comps after all the water, and, and yeah. that that just breaks the cycle. Mm-hmm. And it's been a little soft for for automotive. Um, yeah, I think nationally, at some point, it's got to slow down a little yeah. bit. Unfortunately, I, this is my two cents on it. You know, we we know how much politics has to do with it. Right. It wouldn't surprise me if we see the economy. 60 days before the midterm elections mm-hmm. just start slowing down Isn't and we that get something. that narrative and yeah. Yeah, not as good as you thought it was yeah. vote. And, and, um, but, but I think this area, I, I'm still bullish on, on yeah. this area. As am I. It's overperforming outside of Lake Charles. I think it's the second best economy in the state. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if, um, my ex-professor, um, why am I drawing a blank? Um, uh, heck I've done so many, he does a business report. Oh, uh, Dr. Scott, Lauren Scott, Scott, Lauren Scott, yeah. Scott right. Yeah. no if you agree with me, I don't, I don't know as much data as he does. Who Le- does? Behind Lake Charles. Nice, phenomenal, and <laughs> what he does. But it's a great, and, and certainly a lot better than the rest of the country. Right. And so I, I think we're, we're in a great place.
0: It, transitioning to, to sports and where we are nationally, I have ne- and I don't. I'm, what I'm going to say, I, I'm going to tell you. I don't like. Sure. I'm going to admit that I don't like it. I don't like that sports have become so political. Pro sports. Yes. I don't mind people having an opinion. Like I disagree with Laura Ingram, who said that LeBron James she, right. should just shut up and dribble. Eh, come on, that's come on. I mean, you don't have to agree with his opinion, but to tell him shut up and dribble, yeah, that's don't say that. Okay. But I don't like the fact that the the people who are Presenting sports have made it so political.
1: Yeah, and I'm with you. And you know, it's interesting is that uh, we've got Stephen A. Smith now on ESPN Radio. Yeah, you do. And Spring, I like screaming A. I like Stephen A. more on TV, and I know what he was going to do on radio. Right. The problem that I have is that people go to ESPN Radio, go to ball games, yeah, to watch sports, mm-hmm. and when you step out of that you step out of that, it's a risk yeah and and so I think Stephen A's show it's screaming it's it's a it's a unique taste. Yeah. It's better for a uh, Eastern seaboard market than better Louisiana Little not only bit. topical but the style mm-hmm. but a shutdown is is when he comes in and has a rant
0: mm-hmm.
1: right about the, the the shootings in Miami, and he says that well, if that shooter was black and not white, he would have never made it to the car in handcuffs. Yeah. And I have to field twenty five calls on that. Right. And I think that's the problem. And there's no better example. You look at what Eric Reed uh, is Man. going through at San Francisco.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, this is a guy that's in a six year in the NFL. Has had a solid NFL mm-hmm. career. Okay. I know the dad. Yeah. I know Eric. Yeah. First class kid. Yeah. Right. And obviously he has been passionate and kneeled with Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. He's struggling to get signed. Yeah. Now, I think he gets
0: signed at some he point. He likely but, will, but he's going to wait.
1: Yeah, and it's going to be less money yeah. than he deserves yeah. and, and all of the above. And, uh, you know, I, I think that the, the reality of it is is that unless you're LeBron mm-hmm. – Uh, a a top you know less than one percent if you you cross that over i understand the spot the owners are in well and at the end of the year sports is has its challenges yeah
0: yeah
1: right the millennials right now are more interested they're they're making sporting events out of video game competition
0: unbelievable
1: and sports has its
0: challenges
1: and so if i'm an owner of my franchise right right and it's all about long-term equity in this thing then I'm really conscious. I understand why, and is it the right thing? I, I don't. I
0: don't think so. Well, but in business, it's different. I will say this: that I think you, you hit the nail on the head, uh, because for most people, you know, it sports. It's a distraction. It's a chance to get away from the maelstrom of everything else you're dealing with in life. Right. And then when you when you're saying, "God, I came to this to get away from politics mm-hmm. and all of this stuff," and now it's in front of me. I think for the NFL, the issue for a lot of people isn't even the fact that there were comments or disagreements or a stance taken on this position. Some people agree. Some people disagree. I think the fact that this was the first time something like this was right in the field of play. It was in the building. No question. That's correct. I think if after the game, Colin had went on a rant about this, people might've not liked it. He'd have gotten booed heavier at the stadium. But the fact like I saw the Niners play in Houston, and when I tell you camera people were almost tripping over themselves to get over there no to question. be in front of that bench when the, when the Anthem was going on and Colin wasn't even on the team, but they were going for Eric and that's the thing. And the NFL right now has, has got a lot of challenges, man. Viewership were, was down. You know, that means that's going to, that's going to affect revenue in the stadiums. Ratings were down. That's ad revenue. You better fix that.
1: Yeah, there's no question. And, 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 you look at all three sports, and I think it's an interesting time right now in sports. In that Major League Baseball, and, and what was a reality check for me, uh, it's already had a whole lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Right, the biggest problem Major League Baseball I think has in this country, and this is not being racist, racist, ethnic, or what have you. I walked into the Rangers locker room, Rangers Astros locker room, in uh, with Jack Marucci, Marucci mm-hmm. bats, sure. and this was two years ago, and. It really struck me, I was surprised, that the language in the locker room was not English.
0: No, it's Spanish.
1: And so what you're having now is until, you know, Jose Altuve, everybody loves him with the Astros, but if you can't market him to the general Mm -hmm. market, you, you have some challenges with that. Yeah. And so you have that. You have the NBA, which is issues. The problems with the NBA is this, is you got four or five super teams, and then you got a bunch of crummy teams.
0: Man. Right? And like, so how they do you should, market the other teams? It's like, who even thinks about these other teams? I mean, because all you see if you watch sports, uh, you talk, you hear about LeBron's team or the, the the Warriors, and now Houston.
1: Houston, what did they do? They went and got three great players. Oklahoma yeah. City's got three great players. Boston, yeah. the one of them got hurt. They so will never unring 15. that bell, though. And so you're gonna have the same four or five teams yeah. that are playing each and every year. So now that's lost interest, and so I think that what what because of and, and one of the things I think that that I've watched a little bit more of is soccer. And, and from yeah. this standpoint, I'm trying to get into that. A what bit I more. see from that, is, especially the English Premier League, yeah. MLS is slowly coming. It's got a lot of challenges. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying it's gonna or, it's gonna overtake one of the top three, but more people. Why I watch more soccer, and I like my kids playing it. One tremendous sportsmanship out mm-hmm. there. Um, it, it plays all the time out there, and you don't you you go to it, and there's no timeouts. It's two halves. They play the whole time, and it's sport. Yeah, and it's not all the other. Crap,
0: grows your cardio too, dude, because they are some of the most ferocious athletes on the planet. I, you know, go. my
1: doctor has me playing on Sunday. I burned <laughs> eighteen hundred calories.
0: I need to come learn and, uh, and and come run with y'all. You know, come is, on. Luke, is Luke drinking? But by the time it starts in the morning, no, or no Luke. Luke's not an athlete. Let's let's put it out there. Luke's <laughs> an <about> ex athlete, <laughs> but this, this we won't even get into names. He's a goalie, so goalies just sit in the net and talk. <laughs> And he can talk, though, dude. No, he's, he's his, trash, talk. his trash talk game is on point. It so is. So I've watched him just go through it. But and, and and the the politics of it, though. And then college sports right now. This is so amazing to watch. We're talking about college sports so much earlier than we used to because of all of the options you have to learn about what's happening and the big talk is what's happening. I watched a, a little montage on, on Nick Saban last evening about the, one of their first spring practices – if you look at the NFL draft and the intricacy of information that's out there that I'm wondering, why the hell do I need to know that? Some of the stuff that they're telling us. I think it's a little bit of information overload, but I could be wrong. What What do you think?
1: What's well, character. I, I mean, you know, more times I think there are more character misses than
0: physical ability. Well, asking a kid if he's gay probably oh, yes. isn't, you know. No,
1: that's ridiculous. Yeah. And, 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 you know, look, I mean. And, and you understand why. I mean, Darius Geis, a good-looking guy. Yeah. He's got, obviously, yep. the blonde hair. Yeah. He's very an extrovert, yep. a, a wonderful kid. Yep. Uh, it crosses the line. There's no question. I think that there's so much pressure in that scouting department and personnel that most more misses than not yeah. are, are that the character, those type of issues, than it is physical ability. You yeah. can look at tape and yeah. see if they could play ball.
0: Well, and in the draft, I think Saquon Barkley is, is in my opinion, the best player all around. He's a difference maker. You have any idea where you think he's going to go? Because everything's shifting around now a couple weeks before the draft. If you
1: made me guess, I think he goes fourth to Cleveland. Cleveland. And because, and the reason why is that running back, you know, the life cycle of a running back or the career is usually four to five years span. Mm -hmm. And so it's a quarterback driven league. Clay, You got three quarterbacks that that everybody has grades on and you got a lot of teams. You got eight teams that need a quarterback. We just saw the New York Jets give away every second round Mm -hmm. pick they had.
0: Don't know that I love that. To move up,
1: but they've got to have it. They feel like they're a quarterback away. And if you, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, if they have an elite quarterback, they might have won the Super Bowl right. last year with that right. roster. And so, I think Barkley is the best talent. Although I uh, I saw Notre Dame's guard Quentin Nelson. He well, I saw him on film before LSU played him. He was dominant against LSU. He's something special too yeah, yeah. that a lot of people aren't talking about. But it's 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 a premium on quarterbacks. You'll have more, you know, you'll have more picks go in the first round and yeah. more quarterbacks you'll probably have five in my my mind. And, and, you know, I think the, the, the question locally is at what point do the Saints address their future?
0: So, because <clears throat> I want to get to that because there's a few things about the Saints that I, I want to get to. And I even want to ask you a question about my 49ers. So just, you know, sure. I mean, uh, um, talking about these quarterbacks, man, so soon after Johnny Manziel, I don't know that I would roll the dice on Baker Mayfield. He just looks like Johnny Manziel on steroids. He doesn't have some of Johnny's demons, at least that we've heard of. Right. But we've got video of him running from cops and the whole thing going on. And some of the stuff on the field doesn't bother me as much. I don't. Th- I think that's more maturity than character. But his judgment, like him filming and doing a, a video series about the draft and separating himself out. It's like, is this, I don't know, man. If, maybe if there was no Johnny Manziel before him, I could say, I don't know, but... Is, is he so close to Johnny Manziel that you go, I will pass?
1: Off the field, I think. that, And that's the things that you and I don't know about, yeah. the people that are doing deep dives. We know right. a little bit on the outside. Um, those conversations that are being had with executives in Lincoln Riley, who's mm-hmm. the head coach at Oklahoma, and Bob Stoops, mm-hmm. and Cliff Kingsbury, who was his head coach at Texas Tech that he yeah. ran from, people are going to do deep dives on all that stuff, even more so because of Manziel. Why I like Mayfield better than Manziel is that I got a chance to Manzel see Manziel play, yeah. right? Obviously yeah. up close for yeah. two years. Yeah. And the issue or three years actually yeah. how she played him, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, two years. Two years in place. Is that at the end of the day, Johnny Manziel could not set his feet in the pocket right. and throw the football with accuracy, right. enough consistent to be successful. Mayfield in the can do that. Mayfield can do that. And he's got a gun. And I think an interesting thing, and the Saints are about as conservative. Yeah. Is a, in terms they will not take risks. Um, Mayfield kind of fits on the field a little bit with Payton. Sure, sure. I don't think he's there. Saints yeah. got to move up to get him. He'll be gone off the board. Maybe. Tonight. Yeah. I, I mean, Buffalo's in at 12. And so the, either they're moving up or the Buffalo's trying to get up, they're trying to get somebody. I don't think they get a top three guy, yeah. meaning Allen, Rosen, or, or, Darnold. Um, or Darnold. But, you know, they're either looking at him – Lamar Jackson, who I do think, yeah. Lamar Jackson, who has great character, yeah. has so, some of the same Manziel issues. Do, he I is think, a quarterback, right? I think he
0: should change positions. We'll see. I don't like him as a quarterback. I, I think that... For the same reasons. Yeah. I,
1: when you scout him, yeah. he he's not accurate enough in the pocket. But he can fly. He can fly. And if somebody can work on that accuracy. Yeah. And the good thing is he comes from a good teacher in Petrino. Yeah. He can be a jerk on the field, yeah, but he's yeah. a good teacher. And, and that's the question. Somebody does a whole lot of history on, on Jackson. I think you've got to let him sit for at least a year, if not two years, and hopefully he picks up his accuracy and a little put, bit.
0: puts on about 50 pounds.
1: So, yeah. And, and so – but it, you're right because, I mean, the, the, you know, I think the best conversion I've seen of a dual-thread quarterback in NFL history was Steve McNair. Yeah. And, and, and finally – Man, in the league, that is realized, so true, right? He realized – in year I saw him play uh, Southern – yeah, uh, uh, when he was, was at phenomenal Alcorn, phenomenal game at Alcorn, Alcorn. fantastic game.
0: The Air McNair, folks. If you're not, I mean, and obviously he's tragically gone, but Steve McNair was a big guy who could run and who could absolutely spin
1: it. He was. He could. He could spin it very accurate. But what he realized in that league is after year three or year four yeah. to play twenty games or whatever, you know, yeah. including preseason, so sixteen regular season games. Mm-hmm. Like my health's more important than maybe right. me running and tucking it right. a little bit. And he became a, a fantastic pro style quarterback. Yeah, yeah. and and so. You know, I, I, those are the interesting storylines to watch. I always love the NFL draft.
0: So let's talk about. Um, oh, I'll save the Saints for last because I have a lot of things to ask you about. From Tom Benson's passing to the what I think was the was the NFL's best draft class of last year, the Saints killed it across. I don't think there was one miss, but we'll get to that. Right. You know, I'm a Niner fan. Yeah and Richard Sherman signed a contract with the Niners. Well, don't worry, you don't have to skip ahead. I'm not going to make this a big thing. It's it's a grander picture question. The the new way general managers and coaches are using analytics to build teams. Like, okay, if you're not a sports person, this is going to sound mm-hmm. like we're speaking Portuguese, but I see what Shanahan and Shanahan and Lynch are doing. And the Saints did a little bit of it last year. Explain to me the new way teams are going about finding athletes and plugging them into systems instead of just going to get this square peg and trying to get them in a round hole.
1: Well, there's some salary cap, obviously. There's some monetary things with that. And and so in baseball, we see a whole lot more statistics. Jeff Lunau built the Astros. Mm-hmm. And and Jeff Lunau, when you sit down with him, you would think that that and I had a chance to have dinner with him. He's, a, he's an IT guy. Yeah. I mean, he's a number yeah. cruncher. Right. It's almost like a rotisserie baseball right. type of guy, right. which is, is phenomenal to see that. You know, I, I think obviously Lynch and, and uh, Shanahan had to gut that team. What what was the one thing that they had to find coming back to our discussion three minutes ago? They had to get a quarterback. Got one. They stole one from yeah. Jimmy G. Belichick almost yes, – I mean, you have a huge <laughs> riff in New yes, England. Yes, Because I'm they okay stole themselves <laughs> a quarterback. And so – uh, what, what you see in 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 think about what's in that conference and, right. and re- the road no longer goes through Seattle. The road no. goes through Los Angeles. And I what agree. Do you, what do you need to play the Rams with that young quarterback? And you need corners. Yep. And I, I'm just a big believer in that. If you're going to spend money, premium money on a safety, he better be a game changer. Yeah. And that's why. I think you go get a guy like Sherman who yeah. still has some good years. He's twenty nine. Can help the young safeties yeah. because you knew you signed Sherman knowing that you're moving on for right. Reed, right? And what you had in there, yeah. And the Niners had a whole lot of draft good drafts that, mm-hmm. that just were some bad picks.
0: But Trent Bulky didn't know what he
1: was doing. No, and so you get guys that know what they're doing. They've what they've done in a short time has been nothing short of incredible.
0: Well, I'm I'm bullish on where we are as a team, and I you know a lifelong fan and. And I think that the culture is changing there. And that leads me to a discussion about the New Orleans Saints. Before we get to the nuts and bolts of what's happening with the Houdat Nation, of course, this, as last week as we sit to do this, you know, Tom Benson passed away, uh, leaving both the Pelicans and the Saints to his wife. And there's all kinds of drama and controversy as to what was happening with the family and the will. I don't want to talk about that. Right. That's. Tom Benson's business, okay? Everybody sees what's going on. It's good. I don't want to talk about that. Talk about Tom Benson, though, and his conversion, in my opinion, from people seeing him as a huckster who ran a team that was never going to do anything to one of the most lauded, admired Louisiana businessmen of the last maybe 20 years.
1: Obviously the, the deal that he cut with the state of Louisiana, you know, and and Blanco was the governor. Yeah, Mike Foster. Mike Foster was okay. There you go. Um, it's huge. Mm -hmm. It's a huge part of it and his ability to get that done. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, I think it's no doubt it's kept the the saints here, but I think his, you know, what you learn from him's ability to delegate and bringing in some good people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Sean Payton was certainly one. And, um, you know, and, and I think they, and, and he didn't have anything to do with it. One of the changes in the scouting, they brought Jeff Ireland in. Yeah. that did a great job with that. But I, I think that he uh, started delegating, starts surrounding himself with good people. And that's why I think the Saints are in a safe spot mm-hmm. for the, um, the, that they put a plan in place. Dennis Lasha, who's now COO, I went to high school with him, he's mm-hmm. a year younger than me. You got some sharp guys in there. And and so I think they had a a great plan in place.
0: But his reputation as being someone who wouldn't go spend the money on the real talent. Like when when free agents were out there, the attitude around Louisiana was, "Uh, we're not going to go get them. We're not going to spend money. And even Drew Brees came for a song at first until he signed, you know, eventually signed that $20 million a year deal. What do you think changed his philosophy about spending money and actually going and getting talent?
1: I think listening and then results. When okay. you see what, what it's done, you, you've got to step up and pay Sean Payton. Right. If not, Jerry Jones would have. You've yep. got to pay Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that what it did to the franchise, seeing, seeing the results and listening to yeah. quality people that you surround yourself with.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and the Saints are now a clear, clearly respectable. NFL franchise, yes, organization top, top to bottom. And and that's not just because of last year. I mean, you can go back 10 years, even before the Super Bowl win, when Hazlitt was in there, the culture was already shifting to be more of a competitor who wasn't just happy to be in the playoffs. Let's try to go and win the whole thing. That's right. And I think last year, looking at that draft for the Saints, you you maybe you can because you're a lifelong fan. I don't recall ever anybody talking about football acumen of an organization, of the Saints like they did last year. It wasn't just, hey, they got a great offense and Drew Brees and Hall of Fame. People were saying smart. They had it together. They had a plan, and they executed it. Was that a first?
1: No, no question, especially from the front office the back office. They were all over the page. Yeah. And, and I'll give them credit. I, I was critical of, uh, I've always been critical of their draft mm-hmm. day moves because I, I hate the fact that they move up so much. Yeah. When you see the great ones move down. Right. Now, there's, right. there's some places to move up. New England has built that thing yeah. and, and continually mo- moved down. And obviously, uh, you know, they moved up to get Kamara mm-hmm. and, and wound up being a great pick. Phew. Okay. So so I was wrong, and I'll be the first yeah. to say that. No doubt that, that, I mean, Jeff Ireland's presence in there, uh, they've gotten better as an organization. They're working uh, in the back office, and mm-hmm. it's about the... I mean, that league's about the Jims and Joes. The right. biggest question for the New Orleans Saints, when do you address the quarterback of the future? Yeah. And that may mean that you make a sacrifice or two on the, the short-term goals of adding another piece. Meaning, that like don't get something
0: else, go get a young quarterback.
1: Right, if you're you, they? 27 or something in, yeah. the, in this round. Yeah. Let's see if they, they traded a one and two to go get a quarterback. Then that's two difference makers. Mm-hmm. Or do you do a one this year and a two next
0: year? But, I think uh, you got to do it. Father time point, is undefeated. Eventually it's going to catch everybody. I mean,
1: it's like the, the Boston Celtics really yeah. didn't have a, an exit plan from the mchale Bird Parish. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could go
0: through teams. Chicago with the Bulls did not have one. No, and, yeah. and
1: it's, look, it's tough. I get yeah. it. It's tough to replace a Michael Jordan. Right. Right now they don't have anybody, and they, they've taken a couple stabs, and is there somebody that they really are in love with here mm-hmm. that makes a whole lot of sense? And, and how much has it kind of cost you to get up? That's another part of it. Yeah. I mean, you got to imagine the Saints are not going to be in the top half of the NFL draft next year either. Right, right. At some point, you've got to cross over and, and find out who that person is. And I don't know if you do it through the draft or you do it, a la what, what your Niners did with Jimmy G. Yeah. It falls yeah. in your lap.
0: I was so happy it was him and, and not Kirk Cousins because I'm not a believer I believe Kirk Cousins is a serviceable quarterback, but as a business guy, I'm always looking at an asset in its previous position to okay, if someone is selling something like it's a fire sale, right? Right. As a as a buyer, I need to go learn more about why. Because if this asset is way up here and I've got all the resources to, ma- to maintain it, like what would make you as as Washington never want to commit uh-huh. and say, I'll give we'll franchise you two years, we can date. But I, I don't think I can get by the jewelry store.
1: Well, and also, the, the other side, you got to do your research. Something, you know, Snyder has not proven to, to be a great owner either. No, so, he is not. You know, but this guy moves, was drafted as their you.
0: backup plan to RG3. That's
1: right. I, and I, I'm with you 100%. And, and no doubt Minnesota overpaid for Cousins. No, of course. Snyder's good Jimmy G. But, you know, it comes back to the Jets gave up too much to move on yeah. for the Colts. You got to have a quarterback yeah. if you want to play. And, and there's so many great teams out there that that simply just didn't have the quarterback play. Uh, even even when the Niners had, you know, Kaepernick had some moments. They had a very good roster that yeah. got beat up and pretty pretty that's,
0: quickly. That's the truth. He had a great roster around him and a coach that basically was an extension of him on the field. He was given a very specific game plan of what you do when you drop back. You, it's either this or this or or run. And Harbaugh admits that and you know you you think about a drew brees who in my opinion is the greatest saint of all time do you disagree no i agree okay and, and as a hall of famer i think he will go down in my as as a top 15 some some even say top 10 quarterback ever and i and i this the, i really feel that way but if you look at him when his run started everybody would have said if we don't win a super bowl with this guy we really ought to just fire everybody yeah He's you got to have that guy that you're going, it may not be today, it may not be next year, but this guy's going to at least get us to the championship. You know, the
1: funny thing about Drew Brees, and, and it was that Nick Saban got overruled yeah, in Miami right. when he wanted him. And ended up said, with Dante Culpepper. Had Dante yeah. Culpepper, and Nick eventually went to college, and I, he's always been a better fit at college because yeah. he wants control. Right. Control of his rosters. And, and so the miss on Drew Brees, Tiger fans can thank that. That was... <laughs> I put him in Alabama, in my my opinion. But oh man, you
0: know, coming back to, um, I take back all the nice things I said about Drew Brees. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I, I, you know, I think that the quarterback's everything in, yeah. in this league, and and um, so Cousins, you overpay on Cousins, and you've got to take your stab, and right. uh, that's the thing about New Orleans. Uh, either you're going to trade for somebody that's been a backup rookie somewhere, mm-hmm. and get him on your roster now, or you're going to move up in this draft and get somebody. And I don't know if that guy is Lamar Jackson, if it's Mayfield, or if it's Mason Rudolph. Do they feel like one of those three fits them? I don't
0: know. So transitioning here, you know, we're months away from football in Death Valley and up on the Bluffs there. And, you know, Dawson Odom at Southern is, is building a new culture there. He's, he's trying to modernize something with not a whole lot of money. And I think he he is really into building a group of young men who can be respectable contributors to our community. And I think he's a gem there. He's,
1: at I agree with you 100% with that. And, and I like, uh, you know, I, I like what they've made some steps with the, the athletic department mm-hmm. over there. But you know as well as I, the problem is the money that should yeah. be going to athletics does yeah. not get to athletics. Hasn't. For and four I understand years. the discussion about HBU. But if, if I was black and my child was looking at Southeastern and Southern, and Southeastern has has about 10 supervisors for academics and 30 computers in Strawberry Stadium. And the weight room's here, the training room, and they have all these facilities. And Southern has not invested in this program. Right. You know... What's best? What's the best spot for my kid? And that's the thing. You want to compete where you should be competing. Yeah. They need to invest in athletics.
0: I agree. And and you got a good coach who's a good great man. Great coach. Great coach. And he just he's he's just so good for Baton Rouge. Right. I'm just so proud of what he is doing there. And then across town at LSU, Coach Orgeron, who is the most enthusiastic LSU supporter person, a part of the organization you can ever find, and this year. He as he prepares for the season, the butchers in the back room sharpening the blade saying, hmm, let's see what's going to happen here. Am I wrong? It's, look, it's, it's a lot of places in the
1: conference. <laughs> right. I mean, how about you know? How about uh, Gus Malzahn at Auburn? Man, I mean, here is a guy that beats Alabama. Right. They give him. He's making seven and a half million a year. Right. I think for five years, and then he loses to Central Florida in the bowl game. There is some people who want to get rid of him. Right. And and are not happy. And somebody's got to lose in, yeah. in the SEC. Uh, here, you know, here is the thing about LSU. I, I think what. What Tiger fans are, are, are tense about is it's the toughest schedule probably in ten years. Starting against
0: Miami in Dallas,
1: and when that's scheduled, you that's a it's scheduled six years ago. You feel good about LSU winning that football game, <laughs> not so, Ma- so much. Mark
0: Rick's down there; he's turned that program around. Uh, and I just you, don't want to see that freaking turnover chain. Okay. Oh uh,
1: well, you know, and LSU's <laughs> slinging it around now, right? Um, and then you get you get Georgia coming to Tiger Stadium, and LSU's been really lucky yeah. on that opponent. Yeah. Now Georgia is arguably one of the top five teams in the country. Right. And so you, you don't get the best draw. And then you've got you lose a lot of people. And I think you have a change at offensive coordinator, which I think mm-hmm. is going to be fine. Yeah. I, I like what Steve did in the interim. And, yes, they will throw the football a little bit better. I think they will be better long-term at quarterbacks mm-hmm. in, in quite some time. My concern this year is the running game. They've had a bell cow right. running back for forever. Yeah. And we don't know who's going to be the running back right. at this point. And, and in the SEC, you have to run the football. Mm-hmm. It took Kevin Sumlin a couple of years to figure it out. That he couldn't bring that Houston Johnny Manziel <laughs> offense, <laughs> right? And he's going to get killed, killed right? <laughs> and so he started figuring that, and ran out of time, <laughs> right. In College Station, but but you've got to be able to run the football. So my concern is the run game. I think they're going to be good on the offensive line, right? But who's going to be the running back? Yeah, I mean yeah. you've had Fournette, guys who may go in the first round, definitely the second round. Yeah, I mean you, you got your running backs playing just about on half the teams in the NFL.
0: So. What is your expectation for this year? I mean, realistic, because I mean, I know that you always try to get people to be realistic and then everybody thinks you're carrying a crystal ball in your back pocket, but... Still, you know, do you feel good about the team that's going to take the field?
1: I feel better about most. I want to see the quarterback running game. I mean, for me to make a prediction after watching, I've seen three practices is too early. And then I want to see what else happens in the league. Yeah. You know, I think that another reason for concern, there's concern out there, is all of a sudden SEC is loaded up with some pretty dang good coaches. Fisher goes to Texas A&M. Yeah. Uh, you, you got a lot of new hires Dan Mullen goes to Florida and LSU's got to play Florida every year yeah and, and so uh, n- now it's kind of like what the SEC has happened in basketball. you yeah. got better coaches and yeah. you're going to get a higher level of play. Um, so it's a work in progress. I think it's too early. I, I, I'm more optimistic than most. I am too you know and, and that yeah you know, I, I get I do the stuff for the LSU sports network but um, I, I really haven't done a deep dive into mm-hmm. who's returning what. To to make an assessment, but the biggest thing is how much progress can they make with the the, the offense? Mm-hmm. I think the defense will be just
0: fine. Is it a little? Let me say this. Let me not ask the question. I want to be definitive in this. I think it's a little unfair to judge Orgeron the way that he has been judged no in the last couple of years. I think it's unfair. I think under the circumstances, he's done a really good job. Everybody wants Nick Saban, but there's only one of them. And I think the man's done a good job. But my fear is that people are going to be baying at the moon for his blood if this is not at least a nine-win season.
1: Oh, no doubt. I I think that if it's... Eight will be, yeah, it's you know, about. I think what most people would expect. You get to seven or you know below eight, then then yeah, you're gonna have but some that people barking. Happen, but though. no, he's definitely. I think he's definitely the coach in 2019. So yeah. No. Uh, and yeah, I mean, if you got to give him a chance, I thought he did a right. nice job recruiting, even yeah. though he had some misses on signing day. Yeah. You know, I, I think that the two things that that if I was sitting down with that, I would say, you know, I, both he and Matt Canada took some some PR hits yeah. that could have been handled better. Yeah. They hated each other. Yeah, and, and so that it could have been handled yeah. better. And I think one of the great things PR-wise about Ed is his transparency. Oh, yeah. I think it's also one of the worst things about <laughs> him, that it that people hold him accountable for some of the things that he said. Right. And so I think I would advise him just a little bit more tact on all that. I, I think that I, I understand what his goal and what he's trying to do, mm-hmm. and that's why maybe I have more confidence on how this team's going to perform. Yeah. And my biggest question for Ed, and we go back to leadership, yeah, is now is this. And, and so the spots he ran into a little problems with at Ole Miss, and mm. he's definitely a different guy from what he was at Ole Miss. Sure. But I think the biggest question that when you play in this league and the competition is what it is and you've got the experience in some of these coaches, it's this. How do you deal with adversity? Mm. How When those spots come, how is he going to handle those He really, you know, Woody did a wonderful job in his interim. Those two lost, they bounced back. He was loose, and they played fantastic. Um, He did a nice job after the the debacle with Troy Mm in that early Mm -hmm. season, Mm -hmm. and they played great football. Man, right? great football down the way. And if they, you know, if they get better kicking performance, they beat Notre Dame. Right, whole lot people. People are feeling better. Um, How do you handle those spots with all of these one these these really talented coaches? And, the, you know, there's a wonderful reason for hope if you want to go look at a very similar situation in Clemson mm-hmm. with Dabo Sweeney. You get yeah. a chance. He works with a guy, John Gordon, who's a, a leadership coach. Yeah. And Dabo came from the same thing. He was a wide receiver coach and does yeah. a wonderful job with that. I think that's one thing I'm interested in watching,
0: Ed, and to see how that happens. couple of radio guys, man. You segued on your own perfectly to where I want to finish this. Okay. I know that you have spoken – two groups. Yes. uh, Motivating sales teams, because at at core, I know people think you're just the, you know, the sports guy, but what you do 90% of your time during the day is in business. It's strategy. It's managing the people who work for you and charting a path forward. And so your philosophy on staying motivated in the midst of all of the things that happen in a week, in a day, in a year, would be what?
1: I, I just you know it's it's funny that uh, I actually told this story. I spoke at Manship School this past week, and I so, some I got interviewed by another radio conglomerate, and, and I was in Bethesda, Maryland. And the guy looked at me and said, "You know, we can, boy, you do a great job for us in this region. We can move you to to Atlanta. We can do this. We can move you to so and so." What is it that really motivates you? And I said, you know what motivates me? I want to get up in the morning, look in the mirror, and be excited at what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. If that happens, everything else falls in place. And so what Guarantee Media has done, specifically Flynn Foster, our CFO, Forest Mills, is they've given me a dry erase board Mm -hmm. to operate with. And for us to have gone now on the TV, for us to have partnered and acquired Mm GatorWorks, And I vetted out that thing for two or three years and realized, if you're going to get into the digital media business, own it. Yeah. Okay, that was the best play. Yeah. And, but it, it took a lot of time to get to that. Is that, for me, I'm fulfilled in what I'm doing. Right. And um, and, and we communicate well. We understand each other. And I think that I'm able to manage up and, and manage down and, and the way that I want to. And, and that's fulfilling. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I, I put it on dollar bills at all I, you know i wouldn't put it on necessarily ratings or anything it's it, are you fulfilled with what you're doing and so what i'm what we're trying to do is, is build a vertical here in Ban rouge in mm-hmm. this area and we've
0: made a whole lot of progress doing so it's just interesting because you know in all the times that we run into each other at so many things that, that we we can be a part of together is that i i always enjoy the fact that your energy is the same and i try to do the same thing is is keep the same energy and, and never let yourself be consumed with all of the crap that comes along with just living life because sometimes it's hard. And Carl Malone told me in an interview once that his mother, when he was drafted, told him something. She said, just remember that compliments and insults weigh the same. The only thing that will change their value is the weight you put on either of them. That's right. And I never forgot that. And it's the truth about people. It's like, it's you can't be a Pollyanna and just say, okay, I'm never going to run into adversity. It's just knowing how to handle it when it happens and just push through. Yeah, accepting that it is going to happen. Right. You're going to get that. You're
1: going to yeah. get some people that just don't care for you. And, and that's fine. Sure. You're all God's children. Yep. And you're going to have some, you're going to have failures. And yeah. it's important what you learn from it. I, I think to put it in perspective, you know, we, I've told you the story. But quickly, in 2007, my uh, 10 days before my son was born, my dad died. Mm-hmm. My, um, my mother should have died. Mm-hmm. She had a uh, smoker, blood pressure 240 to 180, wow. where they were able to save her, put stents in. She still is, still is alive today. And I spent the whole year, and I missed the first year of my son's oldest son's life. Because I was going in, and he had my dad had a demolition business post Katrina down there in New Orleans. So I'm having to deal with stuff I wasn't familiar with sell trucks, sell, I mean, sell me- mechanical equipment. And it was brutal Yeah, to, to deal with a family, still work my job, move my mom to Baton Rouge and all that. And what I'll tell you, Clay, after going through that, everything else is easy. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Now I'm sure there's people that gone through things much oh, sure. worse than I have. But I think to put it in perspective, when adversity comes, mm-hmm. you got this. Okay, don't overreact. Right. And what, what can you learn from it?
0: Smoke is coming up. This is the fifth year, man. May 20th, Taya Kyle's going to be back here. You Fantastic. coming this year? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. No, I'm good May 20th. We looked at some of the dates. Um, there's just so much traveling in, that I do in the spring. Yep. Thankful yep. Um, they've condensed some of the LSU tour. I love those things. I mean, th- those are the type <laughs> of things when you come back. And it's networking. It's a good chance yeah. to get caught up with you. But the right. purpose and why you're Absolutely. there. Absolutely. If that's what, if it, for two hours, three hours, four hours, if that means that you can help organizations Man. like that, just because you have the gift of GAF, God bless. And
0: they've and they've helped local law enforcement and first responders. In fact, there's another couple that was a part of one of their retreats. And Mockler Beverage is going to be the sponsor this year. So Tim will be there. And, you know, Mockler's always in rare form. So
1: Oh, no. And by the way, I will be at the Patriot Shootout next year. Oh, good deal. I heard
0: about that GAF.
1: And uh, that's my fault. So I will take I will take hundred percent for that. But I, I told we're moving my kid's birthday to another date, so I don't miss that again.
0: But, yeah, that was interesting. We won't. Uh, it was a good night. Though. No comment on no the
1: com- podcast. No Erase com- this no. part of the podcast. No no, 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 trust me. When you hear the
0: tone, go. <laughs> ee- <laughs> Gee, I appreciate it, brother. Always a pleasure. You're you're a hell of a guy, and uh, and I just think that you know it takes guys like you and I and and so many others. Who just stand up for Baton Rouge because I think the town's worth it?
1: No, absolutely, and you know I, I'm I'm open. Somebody's got a plan to make this thing happen. Fantastic, cut through cut through the red tape of all the BS and the politics.
0: Gordy Rush. For those of you who didn't hear our first interview together, you see how deep the man is and and his his philosophy about life. And that's one of the things that I wanted to accomplish here, man. Thanks for coming back on. Thanks, guy. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Hosting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pest Stop Do-It-Yourself Pest Control. You know, John, people are often wondering where to go if they want to find out about killing ants, termites spiders mosquitoes what have you and it's a concern and you end up in the big box store waiting for an answer and really the answer is go to a pest stop location and ask any question
1: that's exactly right if if you're tired of the mystery all of pesticides
0: Mm -hmm. come see us because we'll give you exactly what you're looking for not only you know what to use but how to use it that seems to be the big question how do i use a professional strength product safely around my kids and my pets. And it's very easy to accomplish. And you save money in the process. a lot. So if I'm in the New Orleans area and I want to get my hands on the product, how can I find Pest Stop? Well, in Metairie, we're located at 3512 Severn Avenue next to the Peppermill. On the North Shore, we're at 1417 North Highway 190. That's next to Sherwin-Williams or Villarie's Florist. And on the West Bank, we're on the Palco just past the Harvey Bridge. And, of course, in the Baton Rouge area at 806 O'Neill Lane Pest Stop, your do-it-yourself pest-controlled solution.
1: This is The
0: Clay Young Show on Podcast225.com. Man, enjoyed that conversation immensely. Went on for over an hour. I hope you did too. Would love your feedback. You can email me, clay at podcast225.com. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at ClayYoungBR or on Facebook forward slash clay Young. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate Gordy making time and playing under the weather here, man. Like I said, you could be sick at work just as easily as you could be sick at home. I try to practice that. Doesn't always get me a lot of kudos around here, but, yeah, well, you know, such is life. All right, have a great one, guys, and we'll catch you next week for another edition of the Clay Young Show. And, and incidentally, I mentioned in the interview with Gordy, I want to say again, we have scheduled the interview with Broderick Baggart with Together Baton Rouge to address the St. George split. And that'll happen in a couple of weeks. So stick around for that. Till the next time, you guys be safe. Take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.